We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another surreal, very happy, is this the real life? I don't know, edition of the Knicks Film School podcast um, coming at you after another pretty amazing week that I can't wait to talk about with the one and only He's Owen. He's now lost two in a row. We'll get to that at the end of the show. I'm sure he doesn't mind too much, though. Jeremy Cohen. Hello, sir. I don't mind at all, John. Not not one bit. And I'll tell you, this has been one of the best recent short stretches of sports for me in a while. Um, Knicks have obviously won seven in a row. The Rangers have won seven in a row. The Giants won on Sunday night football. I don't really care about that last play. A win is a win. Uh, let's see what else. The Yankees got their ace. So that was pretty great. We saw some incredible soccer this weekend. We did the best matches potentially ever. Some great football. It's just it's wonderful. So I'm going to enjoy it as long as I can. And that's why I'm really okay with you having two on the board and being <laughs> down by four. That's fine. I can live with that. That's slowly. But I'm like the Orlando Magic. You are. Yeah. You, you, you've beaten the Boston Celtics twice. In three days, it's great. See, I know that's painful for you because you hate everything about Boston sports. So you had to give a, comp- a back end compliment to the Celtics. Yes, yes, yes. But that's okay. <laughs> yes. All right. What is it? You? <laughs> I'm gonna botch it because I. But you either live long enough to see yourself. You either die here or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. So Something like that. The Boston. Um, well, what happens? What happens if you? Um, go from being the hero to the villain and your team does not trade you despite the protestations of certain podcast hosts in the greater New York area. And then you rebound and you start playing good again and you become the hero again and you get nominated for Eastern Conference Player of the Week twice in a row. What do they call that? Is there a name for that? I don't think there's a quippy catchphrase for that one. Yeah, it's called Julius Randle. <laughs> Oh man. Uh yeah, it's it's silly season here at the Next Film School podcast because like I don't know. Um 
let's let's start here. Well, first we can review. Um, Knicks played three games this week. Won three games this week. Um, two games against the Bulls, who are uh, oh boy. Uh, is there a team in, in a worse spot in the NBA than the Bulls right now? I don't want to go on a whole Bulls thing, but like just a quick yes or no. What does your gut feeling tell you? I would take the Wolves situation over the Bulls right now. Uh, I don't. They got Anthony Edwards, so that I'll, makes sense. I'll say this. I think the. See, here's the thing. I, the Wizards are in a really terrible spot. This is not a good spot. Yeah. They like they can't trade Bradley Beal without his permission. They can move Kuzma and Porzingis if they want to. They don't. Wizards only owe one pick though, and it's yeah, and it's heavily protected, unlike Chicago's pick. Yeah, right. And it's like, but here's the thing: I can't sit here and be like, "Well, the Bulls have no chance at even getting Wembanyama because they do." But their odds are getting further and further if they win games, and it's the closer they get, the more embarrassing it is because they're supposed to be winning games, and they're not. No, not doing that. So yeah, they're in a pretty pitiful spot, which I'm very okay with. Yeah, and like I don't think that should diminish the first win of this week in which uh, the Knicks went to overtime against the Bulls and ended up winning 128-120. My God, that that game seems like a million years ago now. Um, but that's kind of how these weeks go. And then uh, obviously the second one was a laugher. And then um, we just had the, uh, I'll call it a classic against the Pacers. Uh, come back not once, but twice in the final minutes. Um, I feel like, just like to kind of talk big picture for a second, we are now... It's Monday that we're recording this. So we're now over a full two weeks removed from doomsday from who, who's not getting fired, who's not going to get traded potentially, uh, you know, and I don't like at first this was really cool because it's like it was coming off of the heels of the Dallas game. And now the further away we get from it, for me at least. And I think I spoke about this a little bit last week, but it's really starting to crystallize for me now that like, it seems like the season has, I'm personally, and I'm gonna, I want to, I want to know if you are doing the same, breaking the season into two halves that are not equal halves because there was the first 13 games in which they had several disastrous performances and which she gave up a million threes and gave up a whole ton of points and the defense looked like a disjointed mess. And then starting with the West coast road trip, which is now 17 games ago, which is when they kind of started to write the ship. And then if you want, and then, but then there's this other line of demarcation, which um, is when they changed the starting lineup, which is now 13 games ago. And then of course there's a seven game winning streak. So we have like three different lines of demarcation in your mind where like, dude, is your, how does your mind work when you're trying to like break the season down into its parts? I've been trying to find an exact line as well. You know, you tweeted out about the defensive rebounding, which is really funny because I was in the process of formulating something, talking about the defensive rebounding. I was like, oh, John's got it. Perfect. I can go back to my day job. <laughs> but it's the sort of thing where over the last two weeks, the Knicks are number one in defensive rebounding percentage, which is something that two weeks prior to that would have been like, wow, could you imagine even being not below 25th? Because that'd be great. But instead, they've been that great. And you know, with the Mavs game, it's almost like uh, like Matthew McConaughey, where it's like, in order to way to go backwards, in order to move forwards. All right, all right, all right, that sort of thing. It's a line. You're like, you're, I can see the look in your face. You're like, where did he say that? I know the all right, all right, all right is from. Well, yeah, I it, unless it's 
It might be an SNL sketch where they did that. Regardless, Andrew's looking at it. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're moving forwards. It's the beauty that you had to be broken down in order to, to grow from there. And I think I like the line. I like the, yeah, I like well, the, the sentiment. Yeah. It seems that the two lowest points for the Knicks have caused them to look in the mirror and find ways to get better. They had yeah. the players only meeting in Utah and then they went on what a three and two road trip. And then they got the doors blown in in the third quarter of the Mavericks game. And they've rebounded quite nicely from there. And we're talking about seven straight wins. So in terms of kind of piecing it together, I think overall, I would agree that the proper starting point is when the starting five have really been able to play together. I agree. And listen, I believe that when Quentin Grimes is in the starting rotation, the Knicks are on, I think it's a 55 game win pace. Now that's very helpful when there's a seven game win streak that plays into your favor. So it's a little skewed, but hashtag 55 wins. It's two more than 53 wins, John. But with that being said, it's like, I think that's a great starting point. I would agree. Yeah. And it's a great starting point. I think for a few reasons for one, um, well, I mean, there's two ways to look at this, right? There is the contingent of um, folks who are like, well, of course, what's going on now is working. This is what everybody's been asking for since last year, um, which is true. It is what many people have been asking for since last year, and it is working. At the same time, part of what we're seeing now is was the plan going into the season always. Um, you know, Ian, Ian Bagley reported it first uh, over the summer, yeah, before the season even started. Whereas, like, they want Quentin Grimes in the starting lineup because they're concerned about how Evan Fournier and um, Jalen Brunson are going to work defensively alongside one another. And wouldn't you know it? <laughs> wouldn't you know it? Those concerns were were not unfounded. They were honest. Uh, yeah, uh, man, it's funny to look back at the some of the Fournier lineup data now. Which mm. anyway, word, yeah. Well, it's a, yeah, funny, funny is a it, word. It's a word. Um, but yeah, so this was always the plan. I, I think the 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 more curious part for me is the like the rest of it, because really, I mean, we're just talking about we're just talking about a couple little. Well, not little. I mean, it, it, it goes into the identity of this team because this team playing, giving Evan Fournier and Derek Rose minutes, significant minutes was one thing. And this team giving Deuce and other good defenders more minutes on the team is a completely and totally different thing. And the the thing that has, has struck me the most about their success over the last few weeks, and if you want to extend it even past that, is the floor has risen so much, right? It's like you turn on a Nick game now, and as opposed to last year for sure and the beginning of this year where you feel like you're taking your life into your damn hands like as a sports fan um (laughs) now it's like even if a team does start out really really hot from three like the pacers did the other night they they were shooting like almost 50 percent from three through the first like three three quarters of that game or two and a half quarters of that game you're like okay that's all right we'll we'll be okay that's been the biggest thing for me yeah they don't let go of the rope from the top down, that has been a foundation. You know, I mean, we we talk about how Tibbs is a defensive-minded coach, and obviously the bottom was falling out on that mm-hmm. earlier this season. And they found a way to hold each other accountable. 
some of that was certainly from a personal standpoint. I, you know, I appreciated what Derek Rose had to say yeah. where he's like, you know, I'm not a hater. I love the fact that we're winning and miles of pride is a good kid. He had his family over for Thanksgiving and you know, it was great. And that's the type of mindset you want on a team. Evan Forney has been on the shelf for ages now, and he's not said anything controversial. No, he seems to be a great teammate. I, I think it's a testament to how the Knicks have found players where if you can't be productive, you at least find a way to be a good team player. Even if it's not on the court, it's off the court. But the thing is that it, it, they have made room for the players who are on the court to be productive as well. And so much of that has come from defensive rebounding. It has come from defending the three-point line. And we can talk about luck and open shots. And can we talk about that? that? Yeah, saying, and then I want to talk about that. But there's been so much more switching as well. And I feel as though the accountability where it's almost like you can trust your teammates more than you know, just being on an island and getting cooked. Now there's so much more versatility there that it, it almost feels empowering. You feel like you're part of a unit as opposed to just an individual piece that's kind of moving. Like they're, they're singing. It's, it's coming together beautifully. So just, you just build off of that. Even if there are losses and bumps and bruises along the way, you pick up right where you left off. And that's also kind of just the, the Tibbs player is very much a good embodiment of what a Knicks player should be. Just two-way minded, tough, relentless, doesn't give up, incredible worker. And I think that's a great attribute for every team to have, for every player, but that doesn't represent every player. And that's why the Knicks have been so good with the front office and their drafting at identifying players who are the same as what Tom Thibodeau likes. And we talk a lot about how there's sometimes where the front office and Tibbs maybe are too uh, synergetic, where they mm-hmm. the front office listens to Tibbs maybe more than they should. But there are positive things that Tom Thibodeau has in terms of the, the mentality and, and attributes of a player that the front office clearly agrees with. And the two of them can then work together and build really good product. Like, well, Quinn Grimes. Like the front office drafted a player that Tom Thibodeau loves and Tom Thibodeau is molding that player in a way the front office views him to be ceiling wise and, and raising the floor of the whole team. So no complaints there. Um, you baited me. So I'm going to take the bait. I wasn't, I wasn't planning on praising Tibbs, but I will, I will give him, I will throw this small bone. Um, one, what you just said. And I think, if you would have told me <clears throat> three weeks ago or two and a half weeks ago, even that this team, this year's team could approximate, could end up approximating a, a, a version of, of itself that made us as fans, us old. Now I have to age myself, us old folks, us older, older, older chaps have been around for a while. Recall the nineties more than the team from two years ago, I would have called you all sorts of names. And I would have said that there's no way in the universe that would have been possible. This team is doing it because I think for as good as that team was defensively two years ago, this team, man, they get after it. Something fierce with these, I mean, between, between Deuce and Grimes. And I, I, I feel bad. I always put quickly third in that. And he's like such a great defender. It's just more, in more subtle ways, uh, not as in your face. And then Mitch is like kind of the, the foundation of the whole thing. That's number one. And that's, you know, I, I do think that's a credit to Tibbs, but the bigger thing with Tibbs is, and this is again, because everything with him is a gift and curse, right? 
there are drawbacks to this, but say what you want about him. He knows exactly what he wants. Like, I think I don't I can't imagine there are many coaches out there who have as clear an idea of like, look, if you get me these sorts of guys, like I'm going to give you what you want. The fact is, if you get him his sorts of guys, he's going to get you what you want as a franchise. He's going to get you wins. Um, And yeah, like, but then, the you know, and I want to go back to something you said about the luck or whatever. But like. I don't have we I don't think we've talked about this, but I think it's kind of I don't know. It's the elephant in the room, but. Going to Deuce. Do you where do you think that came from? If you had to, I don't know. I just I want to say flatly, I, I just don't know. I since you asked me, I, I did ask you. I had heard from someone who has been reliable to say that it was the front office that was okay. pushing in that direction. I it would not surprise me in the least. No. I mean when you especially look at the connection that Tibbs and Derrick Rose have and the fact that for Tibbs with the younger players, it's I, I will trust you when you have proven that you deserve to be trusted. And as opposed to a veteran where it's like, I'm going to ride with you until the wheels. wheels, Yeah. And then even then I'll probably, and then I'll continue dragging your, your corpse. Right. And, but the thing that's, that's frustrating is that I felt as though Deuce McBride showed enough potential last year, especially, you know, that Miami game, for example, where the Knicks came back to win. Yeah. That's an example of when he had already proven I deserve the opportunity to be able to be in this rotation. The thing is, and I, you know, however the decision-making process came to be, when you look at Derek Rose versus Alec Burks, where moving Alec Burks didn't provide a pathway for Deuce McBride, Whereas if you had moved Derek Rose in the first place, mm. then there would have been the role for Deuce McBride to step up. But there was a log jam and Tibbs wasn't necessarily going to say to Derek Rose, Derek, you know, even if you don't have it, I'm still going to keep playing you. Mm. And that is where the front office then, to my knowledge, said, let's get Deuce McBride in there. This was a rough game against Dallas. Let's see a direction we can move. We did not split the 32nd pick into 34 and 36 for neither of those picks to be playing the NBA. We have one of them on the roster right now. Let's get him some minutes. That was Jeremiah Robinson Earl, right? It was, but then yeah. the second being Rokas. Yes, 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 yes. Um, no, I, I forget who the 32nd was. What was Herb Jones? 30? Herb Jones was, was in between. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty happy with Deuce. I'm not, I'm not uh, pining over uh, Herb Jones, but then again, I was never really pining over Herb Jones. Um, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. It's it is just it is just strange because he it, Deuce it's weird because like on one hand it is easy to say like oh Deuce McBride Tibbs type of player right but at the same time we've also known Tibbs to be very skeptical about you know certain um, like he likes having guards that could score in a variety of ways like he's always shown himself to want guards that could score like you could talk up and down about defense he wants guards who at least have a pathway to a reliable offense even Alfred Payton say all the nasty things you want about Alfred Payton Alfred Payton drove the hell out of the ball and like shot at the rim a lot he didn't didn't make many of those shots but he did shoot a lot at the rim which like hey if we've seen the team continue to go to RJ Barrett RJ Barrett doesn't always make a lot of his shots at the rim but he shoots a lot of him and when you build this team around the likes of Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel and Jericho Sims. And I'd say Hardenstein, all great offensive rebounders. Like, okay, I'm getting off track, but the point is like, 
that was less clear with Deuce. And now, sure enough, Deuce is getting time. And he, I, I mean, in the Pacers game the other night, it's easy to forget about because of all the other big shots that came on, came down the stretch, but they were down by three in, I think it was what the beginning of the fourth quarter. Right. Mm-hmm. And Deuce McBride hit a three that in the moment it felt absolutely massive because it felt like the Knicks were letting go of the rope and he hit that shot. And it's one of a lot of big threes that Deuce has hit over since he's been inserted into the rotation. So I think there's enough there. And I know we have a, we're, we have a trade embargo on this episode. We're not talking trades, but like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I just, I just want to say, I don't think this counts as talking trade, but like the biggest reason I don't want this team to make a trade is I don't, I don't want Deuce. I want Deuce to keep playing. I'm like, I don't think that's irrational of me. Like, is that just me being a fanboy, or is that like I think that's a reasonable take for a, the from a development perspective and from like, hey, we're gonna win games this year because of what this guy does. Yeah, it's all about positioning, you know. Like, I'm gonna stick to the embargo to the best of my abilities. All I will say. <laughs> Is that you have I like Andrew's look of skepticism? Andrew's giving us a look of death. All I'm going to say right for this moment is that you have about 24 million dollars with Evan Fournier and Cam Reddish, and neither of them is playing. Yeah. And you don't have to move Evan Fournier, no. but you probably at a certain point have to figure out something with Cam Reddish for his own sake because he is an NBA player who deserves to have another shot. But it, the, the factor here is how do you find a player? That you can turn nothing, do you turn it into also nothing? Do you turn nothing into something? If you turn yeah. nothing into something, how does that impact the players on the court? That's all I'm saying with that. Yeah. But I do want to say one other thing, which is this heart attack. More skepticism from Andrew's face. I love it. It's <laughs> great. Before you do, before you do, I don't mean yes. to cut off your momentum. Sure. So that way the audience understands the embargo that oh, we're sure. okay. referencing. Uh, shout out Robert Cross, friend of the pod a loyal listener of KFS, I have put into effect an embargo on all things trade capping and no capping until the winning streak is over. We're not trading anybody. We're not hypothetically packaging anybody with anybody else. No trades until the winning streaks over. Jeremy continue. That's right. And listen, if I go too far, uh, you can thank our friends uh, who sent us some nice Cabernet Sauvignon. Rusty cigar, it's delicious. I'm having that tonight. It's oh, delicious. you're having the rusty cigar also. I plug am. your friends, yes. plug your friends. Ah, just friends. Sh- listen. Some, yeah. some kind people at uh, I want to make sure I get the name right. At One Bev, uh, they they have wine and uh, they sent us some free booze. So yeah, rusty. Yeah. Shout out to Ru- this this week's wine, rusty rusty cigar. Mm-hmm. It is it is perfect. It's great and it's relevant actually because I want to talk about Julius Randall. Do you remember? In the we here season when Julius had one of those phenomenal games and Rebecca Harlow asked how yes. he's going to unwind. He was like, I'm going to go home and have a glass of wine. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. But what I want to say was the all-star Julius, break, I think. Right. Didn't they win the last game? So. For, or, yeah. Okay. Something like that. Um, I just remember the wine part. It was nice. It was great. Good for him. So do I. For Julius. The how Julius is playing yeah. makes me so happy that the Knicks did not move him, let alone move him for like adding protected first yeah. to get rid of his contract. And mm-hmm. I had, I'll say this, I had one moment where it was like a lapse in judgment after the Donovan Mitchell trade where I was just, I was, again, I was fine with the Mitchell trade not happening, but the fact of like, oh my God, what the letdown of not getting Ivy, not getting Mitchell. And we have to steal with, uh, with deal with Julius Randall, like just get him off my team. And in that moment, it was like, no, what, what are you saying? No, stick with your original thing, which is 
let him play it out. And he deserves, as of this moment, in my slightly biased and yet, I think, fair opinion to be an all-star. At the very least, in the conversation for an all-star. Let's and the save idea, that. We'll have that conversation in a bit. Yeah, sure. The idea that the Knicks would have packaged a protected protected yeah. first to get rid of a yeah. player who's in the all-star conversation well, is nuts. Jeremy. And I'm really glad they didn't do that. I'm glad. Jeremy, this happened. Yes. This fucking happened to... What was it now? I'm losing track of time. Two and a half years ago, we had the same discussion. Maybe there wasn't as much the Knicks should attach a protected pick to get off of him. But we, I remember the, I remember the conversations like they were yesterday. Hey, will someone take on this essentially $19 million expiring salary? What do you think? Let's shop it around. Let's see if we get anything, literally anything. And then we turn back like a month later or two months later and like, boy, were we idiots? Well, guess what? History repeats itself. Yeah. Um, as long as he doesn't have, you know, listen, if he wants to have more children, that's his, decision and i respect that completely but the fact that he's saying he's getting more sleep and it's not because of a, ch- of a child um you know i julius you feel you're free to, to determine your own family but as a knicks fan if you wanted to stop it too then i think two sounds like a great number john you have two i was Andrew, about to say you're one of two i i'm one of one but that's because i'm unique it's it's perfect just just stop it too if you want. i don't respect the decision to have a third child one child is anybody who decides to have one child smart? Good job by you. If you convince yourself that the second one is the juice is worth the squeeze, that's fine. I was convinced. Feeling, feeling, feeling fine. Yeah. Right now about that decision. Uh, most of the bad is over. Um, even though my daughter's been throwing up on literally everything the last three days, we, we don't have to talk is. about that. No, we do not. No. Um, if you have, if you go then back to the well a third time. Then you need to ask yourself, you need to have a long look in the mirror and be like, what, what am I doing with my life? Because there's just, just no reason um, for it. So Julius, no more kids. Uh, (laughs) How did we get to talking about children? Oh yeah. Because I was talking about the sleep and the lack. Yes, 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 yes. He's rested. And so fantastic job by the front office, not giving into perhaps internal pressure perhaps fan pressure, whatever, perhaps who knows, maybe it was pressure from Julius's camp. We don't know, but like they didn't give into that pressure. I feel like just to put a bow on the, the trade conversation that isn't a trade conversation, the, it will be interesting to see if they can once again, withstand potential pressure from whatever sources, because this thing is working right now. It's working right now. And I'm sure it's tempting for them to look around and be like, Hey, can we get this upgrade or that upgrade? And who knows? Maybe we'll talk about that when the time comes, if the time comes. Um, The thing I do want to say, because you brought it up before, and then we'll, we'll move on to uh, the rest of the show. The luck thing. Did you say that because of why did you say that? Why'd you bring that up today? Any any particular reason? No, just listen. You can you could play great defense and okay. better offense, and that's that's skill, but it's also luck. So, um, shout out to um, I got to tell you, it, it might be a, a a podcast I enjoy even more than Low Post. I know that's sacrilege here. Uh, the Hoop Collective. I just I love listening to Wendy. He's really good. He's been yes. He's just very amusing. He's very amusing. He puts a smile on my face, regardless of what he's talking about. I find him to be a delightful human being. Um, I love you, Zach, but I, it's okay. I could have multiple favorites. So we had he had Kevin Pelton on um, 
who is Kevin Pelton's awesome, but he is extraordinarily like data driven and like as analytically minded as, as you could get. So he was on today's uh, hoop collective. Uh, we're recording this on Monday. So Monday's episode and the Knicks came up because they were talking about the bulls and, and Wendy was like, Oh, by the way, we should probably say something nice about the Knicks. They've won seven in a row and they were like playing like gangbusters and immediately Pelton goes for the luck thing, which for anybody listening who may not realize what we're talking about during this win streak, opponents are shooting. I don't know. Some obscenely low number, 28, 29, 30% from deep. And if you look at the entire season, in fact, uh, teams are shooting a very low number from deep. Um, Now that number was not low all year. It was right around the middle of the league for the first, like we were talking about the first like 13 games before things started to improve. And it's dropped considerably since these changes have started to be instituted. And then, and then I was a little disappointed in Pelton because he's like, yeah, you know, the, the, when they were the fourth ranked defense, uh, everybody, you know, Knicks fans were, were yelling and screaming about how it's not luck. This is legit. And then he's like, and guess what happened last year? Teams started making threes and uh, the defense wasn't very good. One, it was the 11th ranked defense in the league last year. If you're, I'm sorry, the 11th ranked defense in the league is not a bad defense. It is actually a good defense. Not great, but good. And then one more thing. And like, I'm maybe this is cherry picking. I don't consider it cherry picking. And it has to do with the conversation we were having before about like Tibbs does need certain basic things to execute his, his defense. That defense, when Kemba Walker was not on the court, which was over 3,000 minutes, which was about 75% of the total, more than 75% of the total minutes they played last year, they had a defense that would have ranked the equivalent of the fourth-ranked defense in the league. Again, would have been the second year in a row. And those were, that's the non-Kemba minutes. And we're not talking about 25% of the minutes. We're not talking about 35% of the minutes. We're talking about 75-plus percent of the minutes last year if they just not get a guy who's a complete walkover at the point guard position. And now fast forward to since the starting lineup changes, guess what? They're top two, top three, whatever they are. So like, I'm sorry, I don't want to hear this luck stuff anymore. Like when you play the type of defense that they're playing, I, I believe that teams fill you on the perimeter. And I think there's something to that. And I, I, I think we, the sample size is long enough at this point. Yeah. Uh, any defensive backcourt that's starring Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier is not going to be a good defense. And then amazing. You put Quentin Grimes in there. What do you in there? Wow. Suddenly it's a lot better. You Emmanuel quickly in there. I mean, 99th percentile in terms of according to cleaning the glass with, with his defense, like last I checked, at least when you have really good defensive players, your defense is going to look a lot better. And yeah, there's going to be a component of luck to it. But if you are putting players who are better than what you had, better than Reggie Bullock and Alfred Payton, you're going to get a better product. So at this, at a certain point, I also, I don't really care. That's the Knicks are winning games and it's better to be lucky than good sometimes. But I think this is a legitimately good defense. It is. And they have found Knicks have found really nice ways of neutralizing the weak defenders that they have either by taking them out of the rotation entirely or finding ways to switch them or just masking their flaws on the defensive end in a manner where they succeed. Like if you if you go on clean the glass and you look at Julius, Jalen Brunson, and RJ's um defensive numbers, 
they're gas on off a lot of that on off yeah. right but a lot of that also depends on who they have played with if you probably sort by hey well when they've played with good defenders they're going to look good it's harder to identify them as individuals but we know a lot of julius what we saw that was great during the we hear season was when he was applying effort it was also like when he was switching on to Trey Young and the Knicks didn't do that enough in the playoffs. And that would have been great because they would have succeeded, but didn't happen. Okay. RJ Barrett, you know, a lot of it has been effort. He hasn't given his best effort before Jalen Brunson. He gives tremendous effort. He's just limited. I mean, he, he's one of the best in the league in terms of at least taking charges. Yep. So it's not like a lack of trying. It's just inability, but what they are giving you on the offensive end and the fact that they're also playing every single game of the NBA season thus far. And let's face it, how many players or how many teams best three you know, three best players are able to do that it's really um, tough it's it probably doesn't zero, happen right zero i think this exactly. year i mean i would i want to go look at all the other teams but i'm pretty sure it's zero and and just to 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 put a cap on the point and then we'll move on to something where uh we're finally going to unveil um after uh a long a long uh runway here um the you could eat. It's easy to say like, oh, well, you, you give any team Mitchell Robinson and Quentin Grimes and they're going to have a good defense. Well, no, not necessarily, because as you just pointed out and this, I don't want to throw shade on these guys, but like Jalen Brunson is a at best mediocre defender. And there are things he can't he can't make up for, such as the fact that he is very uh, not a large human. And if you go look at um, the defended field goals against statistics about how guys do when they're shooting against you versus shooting against a, uh, an average defender. Um, guys are making like, I think 5% or so more of their shots against Brunson, which is like not a shock because when guys shoot over him, it's usually because it's like, Oh, I got Jalen Brunson on me. You know, I could probably take advantage of this. Not all the time. And he fights, but like, that's just the case. Julius Randall, even when he's trying hard, I would say he's mediocre. Right. Um, and RJ is getting, better he's he's getting better but for much of this season has has not been very good and so the fact that they have the defense that they have with those three guys playing very prominent minutes like to me if you want to give flowers to tibbs like that's where you give flowers to tibbs he has figured out how to make those puzzle pieces you know fit together pretty well um all right andrew anything else before we we move on here does this mean that kevin pelton is our enemy now i like kevin pelton and I, if Kevin, if you're listening to this, feel free to come on the show. No, we can have a nice banned. debate. No, oh, you're goodness. banned forever. You have an apology to the Knicks, apology to Knicks film school, to Knicks apology fans everywhere. There it is. Okay. And the apology needs to be as loud as the disrespect. Oh, my as my person on Twitter once said. <laughs> it's my, as, how do you know that that's my least favorite? That's why I said it. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about WinBet, the official sports book of Knicks Film School. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. Ready to win money and boost your odds? We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards. Get in on all your teams, players, and sports. From the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, MMA, golf, the W, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. Download the WinBet app now or go to winbet.com to start winning. That's bet 100, win 100 at www.wynnbet.com. Download, bet, win. It's that simple. Game ball time, except it's not game ball time because game ball time is officially renamed, get the drum roll ready, the Cashback Player of the Week presented by Chase Freedom Unlimited. Yes! Andrew, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, it's yeah. Trumpet. Okay. A trumpet. Um, in all seriousness. Um, oh, that's right. John hates this shit. I forgot. The pomp and you? circumstance. I yeah. love the pomp and circumstance. If it's a sponsor of our show, break out all the pomp <laughs> and circumstance. So, <laughs> so if we're watching a game and suddenly like a DJ shows up, you're like, oh, I hate you. But if they're like, check out the Knicks Film School podcast, then you're fine with it. Um, I I guess yeah. that would be weird. No, but, it'd yeah. be more like if if the company that was sponsoring us was like, hey, we're sponsoring this and we're also sponsoring Nick's Film School. Which technically, Chase Freedom Unlimited is the proud sponsor of Madison Square Garden. That is true. And the Nick's Film School podcast. That that is very true. And uh yes, and, and we love Chase. And in all seriousness, you know, speaking uh for Andrew, Jeremy, and the whole Nick's Film School uh family, it's a big deal us that this podcast that got started out is like hey jeremy you got a few minutes you want to hop on and bullshit about this game that just happened where the knicks lost by 40 yeah sure and we've gotten to the place where we're sponsored by chase freedom unlimited so that's really cool i'll add one quick thing yeah i'm a, I'm a chase card holder right so it's very weird for chase to be like hey what if we also <laughs> contributed to your success on the podcast front yes and it's very appreciated Wonderful for new new best friends over at Chase. Yes. Um, and uh, a fitting uh, first uh, segment here, because as I just retweeted out before we, we started recording, um, I don't know when's the last time this happened. Maybe 
who the hell knows? Maybe it's never happened since the NBA has been giving out these player of the week award things, but two Knicks were nominated for player of the week um, in the Eastern conference. Neither of them won. Who did it go to? Did it go to Donovan Mitchell? I think it went to Donovan Mitchell. That's okay. Mm -hmm. It's neither here nor there. Um, But the two players that were nominated are the two players that are at the top of Andrew's little rundown list here. Uh, Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. Um, Andrew, do you really want me to read all these names? Andrew has. Yes. Yep. So he writes down the nominees every week for this award. And he has written what looks like every player on the roster with maybe a couple of exceptions. So all worthy candidates. Yes. Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, Deuce McBride, Quentin Grimes, Mitchell Robinson, Tom Thibodeau, Leon Rose, James Dolan, best owner in sports, New York Rangers, New York Giants, and the Maccabees. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Happy Hanukkah. Um, shout out to the Maccabees. They still, that was a stirring performance. No, um, no, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I have to. As thank you. you for yeah, the These are the Maccabees. What you're talking about are the Maccabees. The Maccabees are an acapella group. Oh, John. Maccabees. What's Maccabees? No, Jeremy, play it out. I want to hear it. Go ahead, play it out. It's Hanukkah. Yes. You know, eight days. The oil yeah. lasted. That, that the candles with the menorah. Exactly. The Maccabees. Yes. That's that. The Maccabees is a play on on the Maccabees. Judas and the Maccabees. Do you, it's, it's the pun. It's the story play. of Hanukkah. Oh. Do you know the story of Hanukkah? No. Oh, okay. Jeremy, do we tell him? This is like Mr. Krabs and Squidward no. looking in the window. Just do we, we I know who him? those people no. are. They, do they celebrate Hanukkah? <laughs> maybe. I don't, uh, maybe there's, maybe a, there's do. a Jewish version of SpongeBob out there. Um, I would butcher the story. I do know that the Maccabees were the ones that fought in the war. And oh, the Maccabees! Why didn't you say so? I now I literally I wrote it down, John. <laughs> you, said, you said it. No, I was. Why I was didn't kidding. you why say did so? <laughs> why didn't I, I say have, so? It's it's been a long time since I studied the Old Testament. That's okay, that's fair. But yes, yes. Maccabees are great. Shout out to Benji and his brother, part of the Maccabees. Mm-hmm. But the Maccabees are a little different. So. I think the Maccabees could take the Maccabees any day of the week. It's just my two cents. I think they're Start. on the same team. Hey. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think the Maccabees would name themselves after the villains of the story. For whatever <laughs> context it is. Right? Okay. This has gone on long enough. Happy Hanukkah, everybody um, who celebrates. Uh, okay, I get to go first. This is great. Um, hmm. I'm going to give it to Julius. I'm going to give it to Julius because I was harder on Julius than anybody over the summer. I wanted to trade him with a protected pick to just get him off the team. That was a ridiculous, um, ridiculously asinine take. It turns out because he is doing everything that he needs to do to prove everybody wrong. Um, I understand. And I got some pushback in the post game for anybody who missed it after the Pacers game about how good his defense actually was. Yes. I know Andrew Nembhard, or not him hard, the other one. Um Smith? Aaron Nesmith, yeah. Got some got some threes off on him. I don't I don't care. And the reason I don't care is because when he plays with this level of effort and when he he is he's clearly executing the scheme now that is a different scheme than was the scheme to start with, because as Benji had a great thread today on on Twitter, he's not playing a drop anymore. They're switching and it's working. And he is he's fully engaged. The effort is there, everything you want is there. I was looking up today. Do you realize his his two point field goal shooting is like almost ten percentage points higher than it was last year? That's a, ridiculous. 
Um, he's shooting. This is the other thing I looked up that I want to give him a shout out for. He's shooting the highest percentage um, of his career at the rim, with the exception of the one season, his last season in LA. And in that season in LA, he played almost like something 95 plus percent of his minutes either at center, where it's obviously much easier to score around the rim if there's no other big guys Im- impeding your progress there, or alongside Brooke Lopez when Brooke Lopez was kind of already established as a, as a three point marksman. So very different circumstances than this team. And he's, he's killing it at the rim. He's doing everything that, that they could possibly want. And then some, so uh, my game ball will go to Julius Randall. Well, if you hadn't picked him, I would have. So there you go. Excellent. Even when I lose, I still win because I get to say Jalen Brunson, which is great. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how many more times I can say, Jalen Brunson is just up there, maybe my favorite Nick. And yet he just keeps putting on weekly performance after weekly performance. And it's early still in this season, even if we're at the 30 game mark or so. But I got to tell you, even with the Mavs drubbing that occurred at MSG, there have been a lot of tweets that have been like update, like dunking on the people who are against the Jalen Brunson contract and the signing and, and all of that. And I remember the ones where it was like, Oh wow. Well, like he's leaving the Mavs to join a worse team and good luck with that in New York. And that's not working out for right you. now. There's one team that's currently at 500. We'll see what happens tonight when the Mavs play the Timberwolves. And there's another team, the one that Jalen Brunson is actually on and underpaid for. They've won seven games in a row. So uh, I appreciate him for going out there. And I mean, clearly he's hobbled. Can't tell. He's just he's that and he's that invincible. It's great. Remember when he was going to miss like a month because of the his ankle got rolled? That was fun. Yeah, that I'm certainly glad didn't. Let the good times roll. Um, real quick before we move on to again a segment that I guess we're going to skip over this week. Um, the All Star conversation you brought it up before. I don't want to have a whole thing now because it's too early and like there's there's time for it. But uh, just to go through some very, very quick advanced stats. So this is all via basketballreference.com. Um, win shares this season. Um, Jalen Brunson ranks 17th in the NBA. Julius Randle ranks 24th in the NBA. Uh, Vorp, good old Vorp, value over replacement player. Talk about a neck and neck race. Jalen Brunson, 19th. Julius Randle, 20th. Doesn't get much closer than that. And then box plus minus um, Julius Randle, uh, 26th, Jalen Brunson, 22nd. So Brunson has him in all of your, your, the, the big advanced stats that people usually go to. Um, I would say that Jalen Brunson, if the Knicks get one all-star would be my one pick because again, it's great that he's, and part of this is the scheme, which maybe was not in his control. Actually, it was not in control, his control. And that's needs to be said. But like Julius Randle was a was a real train wreck on defense for about half the season. And he's gotten much better. Um, Brunson has not been, again, not a positive defender, but like I, I don't think his impact was quite as detrimental. So I think that's part of it. And I also think, you know, Jalen Brunson in the clutch this year. I looked it up uh, before uh, or yeah, after the Pacers game, he's the fourth most clutch points in the league. Um, and his field goal percentage on in clutch situations is higher um, than the three guys ahead of him. So you could argue that Jalen Brunson has been 
if not the best clutch player in the league, like he's right up there. Um, that matters, I think. So, yeah, it would be Brunson for me. Do you have a, a vote yet? It ha- I guess it's it would be Brunson for me as well. It, here's the thing. We know that Randall can have a great season with Alfred Payton as his point guard. So yeah. it's not like he needs a good point guard to be a good player, but it helps. Yeah. It helps a lot. And the fact that he's got Jalen Brunson as his running mate and the Knicks were able to sign Jalen Brunson with cap space. Yes, they had to clear money. Don't care. He has been so good that he has propelled the entire team. And Julius Randle has done his role. He's done his job. I I still would gravitate towards Brunson as being the guy. If you had to pick one, hopefully if the fans have any say, and it's just a percentage of it, but if we as fans can collectively vote and get two all-stars into the Eastern Conference from the Knicks, that's pretty awesome. And I, and this, I mean, you'll probably write about this in the newsletter. Can you remember the last time two Knicks were in the All-Star game together when they were current Knicks? Was it, was it I 20, think 20, uh, 2011? Oh, were Melo and Stat both in the same All-Star game? I don't believe so. No, no, that, no. Track. Yeah, no, because Stat only made it in 2000, uh, the 2010 11 season, and Melo right. wasn't, he got traded like right after the All-Star break, right? Or like, he wasn't a Nick. He got traded after the All Star break. Yeah. yeah, 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 and and that was Stat only had one All Star appearance um, for it. the Knicks. So I actually think I there's think another was, year. There's another year. I think it. Wait, what? Do you, oh, Chandler and Mello. Chandler yeah. and Mello in 2013. Right. And the year and the one before that was it Houston and Sprewell? Yes, it was 2000. Two, that was 2001. 2001. Yeah. Do we yeah. think? Do we think if they're both named to the All Star team that this will be? A trivial question on the MSG telecast. It has to be, right? And you will have heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> Tyson Chandler and Carmelo Anthony. And when was on Houston and Latrell Sprewell? Yes. When was the last time? I know this one. When was the last time the Knicks had three players in the All Star game? 90, 95 or 96? You're close. It's 94? Yes. Okay. Can you name three players? It should be obvious. Ewing, yep. Starks, and Oakley. Starks. Yes. Yeah. Yep. The, now, the only- that wasn't 95? No, that was 94. I mean, double check the finals. Okay. Yeah. It was the year they made the finals, 93, 94 season. Um, Anyway, so a little little fun trivia. Listen, there's, before we get to detention and there's not much to get to in detention, but like the next next 18 opponents, 15 are under 500. And there's, yeah. You want to talk some, let's, you want to like, no, I don't, no, no, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. And I purposely didn't bring it up yet in the show. And I don't want to bring it up. That I do want to bring it up though, because I also I wrote something down very similar to that. And listen, the Knicks have to take care of business no matter what. You're tempting right? fates, Jeremy. Both I'm of you not guys saying that they're the going to win. I'm saying that this is what's in front of them. It is our responsibility to bring forth and inform those who may not have looked <laughs> about what's happening. Yep. And the way that I see it is when you look at the next 18 games, as Andrew mentioned, 12 of them are against teams that are either specifically tanking. Or they're just floundering, right? Like the Torontos of the world, the Warriors of like, we've just lost Seth, uh, Steph Curry. Yep. Those are the types of teams the Knicks are playing. The Knicks do a really nice job of beating up against bad teams. That is what you're supposed to do. You can only beat the teams that are on your schedule and in front of you. Yep. And if the Knicks can take care of business and for these 12 of the 18 games, if they can, you know, play well, because let's face it, the East, as good as the Knicks have been, 
have been in lockstep with the Knicks. The teams from what? Like oh, everybody's winning right everyone's now. Everyone's winning in the in the Knicks range. And I'm sure some fans might be upset about that. I'd love it if a lot of those teams didn't win. But to me, the Knicks are just keeping pace. Yeah. And the fact that they are right now a solid six seed, that's pretty awesome. I'll take that. But yeah, there's there's a good stretch of schedule ahead of them. They just have to take care of business. That's all Which it is. adds to the point I was going to make. We're here like, can they get one all-star? Or can they get a second all-star? Or if we had to choose, it's obviously only going to be one. Like, how good would they have well, to play? I, like, <laughs> let them take care of business during this 18-game stretch. And let Jalen Brunson start the All-Star game. Well, that would be wonderful. I'm still at the point of like, I want to get one All-Star. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. Like, that has sure. to happen. If the New yeah. York Knicks... So let's just play this. I, I, I was doing this in the group chat all day today. Say they're 32... and Say they're 30 and 17 through 47 games. Okay. What were the, sorry, 30 and 17? Yes. So they would need to go 13 and 4? 13 and five over the next 18 games. And again, 15 of the next 18 under 500. So they go 13 and five and they're, they're 30 and 17. The two all-star conversation is over. They will have two. And then you think Jalen Brunson gets that other guard spot next to Donovan Mitchell, which would be hilarious. Well, when the Knicks I, lose their next 18 games. In oh, it's our fault. I was about to no, say. No, 100% our fault. fault. Oh, oh it's your my fault. fault. Okay. You listed the number. I just stated that there is a schedule I, and it's a favorable one and I have to take care of business. You gave a record, sir. Yes. That's on you. I'm not saying the Knicks will go 13 and five. I'm saying to have the all-star conversation we're having right now with Randall and, and Brunson, if you want to project out a bit and what would have to happen to the, for the two, two all-star conversation and be over and maybe set your sights a little higher. Like this is the same podcast that two years ago during the nine game winning streak, John was like, well, let's, let's set our horizons a little higher. Portland might trade Dame. And then that summer became, you know, can the Knicks get Dame Lillard to add to the, we here team. Which I'm sorry, remind me what record did you say that the Knicks will have after this stretch? Will have? Are you baiting me? <laughs> I'm asking you what you said. He said 30 and 17. I said they would have to be something like 30 and 17 after okay. 47 games. There was a moment where folks, if you're at home, you can clip it and say the Knicks will be 30 and 17. That's what. Oh Andrew gosh! <laughs> All right, enough of this. Let's move on. Hashtag uh, 53 wins, baby. Yeah, Great. <laughs> I wish we did not have that whole conversation because I I hate tempting the fates. Uh, detention. Uh, nobody, no one. Seriously, detention is closed. Or Kevin Pelton. We're not putting anyone in detention this week, except we, Kevin Pelton. Apparently, no. Kevin Pelton, sworn enemy. Come on the pod. We love you. Um, okay. Predictions presented by our good friends at WinBet. Um, as a reminder, you could uh, first of all tune into the pregame show before every Nick game, in which you get the betting and sweating picks from our esteemed panel of experts. Um, you could also download, and you should download the WinBet app or visit www.winbet.com to start winning. Sign up today to receive a special offer: bet a hundred dollars, win a hundred dollars. Download, bet, win. We will see if I could win one more week to guess to within half of Jeremy's win total of six on the year for these weekly predictions. Uh, he is up six to two right now. I have to say, I feel like my task is a little bit easier after Andrew reminded me last night that I am picking four games, not three, because I was going to be in a very, very, I thought I was going to be in a tricky spot 
now I don't feel as as bad. Okay, Tuesday, Golden State. Wednesday, Toronto. Friday, Chicago. Sunday, Christmas Day, Philadelphia, all at home. I think you know what I'm going to do here, Jeremy. I do know what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, The math says this is the right move, even if my heart may disagree. I'm going three and one um, because... Again, this is a franchise that existed or has existed for 76 years, and they have had. Um, I, hold on, I may have closed the page. Oh, wait, no, it's right here. They have had one, two, three, four, five 11 game winning streaks of 11 games or more. Five in 76 years. It's really hard to win 11 games in a row. Um, I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm not saying they won't do it. I'm just saying I think it's the smart decision for me here to take three and one. Sorry, Robert Cross. Yeah, no, three and one was always going to be the one that you were going to take. For me, it's a challenge. I know. Because on one hand, I've got enough of a lead right at this moment where I can go four and oh. You could. And I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. One loss sets back. I'm going to talk it through. The Warriors are without Steph Curry. It's a challenge. Or is it? It's not. Because they're not a great team without him. Did you see what Jordan Poole put up? I did, day? though. That's the yeah. thing. He, he did a good job. Toronto Raptors, they're in a spiral. Do the Bulls want revenge? How good are the Sixers? They're really good right now. I have to go 2-2. Two and two. I don't think there's much of a choice here. I'd love to take 4-0. and oh, And hopefully... I miss out on 4-0, and that was um, the worst mistake of the week that I've made. I'll still be rooting for 3-1, and one, John, even if they lose a game because the Knicks are more important. But I'm going to go with 2-2. Two and two. It's the right move. It's the smart move. Um, like, it, I, I've, you know, listen, listen to Tibbs. You know, you get ahead of yourself and you... It's easy to fall on your ass in this league. Um, I don't think the Knicks are getting ahead of themselves, and it is because of that kind of baseline of competence that we spoke of earlier. But like the Warriors shoot a lot of threes. Um, thankfully, the Raptors and the Bulls don't. Um, but the Sixers are playing really well. As I'm, they're literally on my TV right now, and they're on a 17 to four run against the Raptors. Uh, so that's going to be that's going to be tricky. And then so you know, but. Listen, I hope we're both wrong. I hope they go four and oh. I that would be that would be something. And then we then we then Jer, uh, Andrew, we could talk about your your wild fantasies. Knicks related fantasies. Yes. Knicks related. Those are the only ones that get set on this pod. If you want to check out Patreon, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, uh, okay. We say did you guys read the schedule, by the way? Yeah, I did. Why? Okay. I might I'm must have also been checking the out-of-town scores. Uh, some programming notes on the schedule. Tuesday, so tomorrow, I guess tonight when you're hearing this, uh, is our playback game. The Knicks are on TNT. So Benji, John, Jeremy, and I well, actually haven't asked everybody if they're available, but whoever is available, I'll be there. Be, okay. We'll be there for uh, playback. There. Uh, so join us for a live watch party. Uh, seven bucks a month gets you access to all of our watch parties as well as our extra episodes and the KFS Discord. Um, you sign up via the KFS Patreon, which is available. Um, the link is in our on our website in the uh, episode description of this YouTube video, all the above. Uh, and then 
Do we want to have the production meeting on air of what's happening Sunday, Jeremy? Uh, sure. We can is it well? Is it just it's you and me doing the post game, right? Yes, it is. Okay, so John some will have us, to. Yes, yeah, sorry. Go some ahead. of us have some of his kids, mm-hmm. and we are not going to make them do Christmas on YouTube. It's not the, <laughs> it's oh, I was going to say some of us believe in the Maccabees uh, oh, and the Maccabees. That too. <laughs> but, uh, and that's we're suddenly free on Sunday. Yeah, it's amazing. Not the kids. I have a wife, uh, and she has a family, and I will be with them and. It's that I'm going to be enough of a dick sitting in front of the TV for two and a half hours watching the game. I'm not going to be even more of a dick to then go and sit in front of a, a laptop for another however many hours. Um, although, man, I told her this morning, I said, if they're if that's 11 in a row, I'm I'm going to all I'm going to want to do is be <laughs> talking about <laughs> you'll be sitting there with your phone and you're just you're, you're going to end up disappearing from the party. anyway. Chat. Shout out to my in-laws. I love you. Yes. Regardless, Jeremy and I will be doing the post game on Sunday after the Christmas Day game against the Sixers. Um, we'll handle the Chase Cashback Player of the Week that day. And John will text me his predictions. I, yes. Um, so your your show that normally comes out on Monday morning will come out Monday morning. It will just be part of the uh, post game show against the Sixers. And um yeah, happy holidays, everybody, and in the holiday season um, that we're currently a part of. Yes, happy holidays, everybody. Um, I'm happy the Knicks are playing well because if you're listening to this podcast, that probably makes you happy, and uh, that's a cool thing to be happy around Christmas time. Uh, thank you, Andrew. By, by the way, yes, you you kind of zoomed past it during Chase Cashback Player of the Week, um, but the Rangers. James Dolan's other team uh-huh. or a candidate are also on a seven game winning streak. It's the first Jeremy time. It, yeah. Right. Well, you, you had mentioned it. So you, you like, you like just kind of zoomed past. It was like, oh, the Rangers, the Giants, the Maccabees. I have no clue. Any of these people are um, <laughs> regardless. Uh, do you know the last time that the New York Knicks and the New York Rangers were on concurrent seven game winning streaks? Um. No, I know that the last time the Knicks and the Nets were on concurrent winning streaks of this length uh, was like in the late 70s because Woj tweeted out earlier today. But no, I don't know when the Knicks and the Rangers were both on these sorts of winning streaks. Jeremy knows. Was it not 1993? Well, the 93-94 season. season. We all know how how that season ended. Yes, with OJ Simpson going to jail. Yes. Mm -hmm. So let's hope that happens this year too. The... I know the Knicks. Jeez. The, <laughs> for you non-murder charges. I don't care what it is. All right. I, <laughs> come on. The, put put OJ in detention. Jeez. OJ's always He's in always detention. detention. Well, I mean, not allowed to leave Listen, certain states, whatever. If there's somebody that should not get out of detention for <laughs> the good Simpson. of all involved, it is OJ Simpson. Shout out to Yash. All right. Uh, that's it. Uh, Andrew, thank you. Jeremy, thank you. Everybody out there. Thank you. Oh, here. Let, this is the last thing. Um, the Knicks Film School podcast was, uh, Andrew, you tweeted this out before, it was the 20, 21st ranked basketball podcast in the country this week. Yes, it was. Pretty cool. As of today, yes. Right. As of this moment, we are number 21. Yeah, pretty cool um, to be up ahead of um, some of the big boys out there in the landscape who have uh, a lot more, a lot more financial backing than we do. But you know what? What up, Beck? 
<laughs> but that is a testament to everybody listening to this podcast right now so thank you thank you thank you uh happy holidays and we'll talk to you soon peace out Sam Vecini, we're ahead of Tom Havistro and all the names. Amino Hassan. We're ahead of CJ McCollum. Jeez. We're ahead of Byron Scott. We're ahead of NBA. Byron Scott has a podcast. Yeah, listen, name a well, former, have a job. Name a former NBA somebody. They probably have a podcast. Yeah, sure. Yes. That is how the industry is right now, which is why our pod standing out speaks volumes. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.